Ricky, 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 Ricky. Hey, man. How are you? Good, man. How are you? Long time no see. Yeah, I know. Dude, we haven't done two podcasts in a week. I think yeah. since like week five or something. Doesn't it kind of feel like, you know, like when you set a New Year's resolution and you're like, all right, man, I'm going to start working out. I'm going to get in the gym. I'm going to eat healthy. And like you have all of this planned and you're just really kind of motivated, right? Like you're feeling good. You're back in and being productive. That's how this week has felt. We've had a lot of things to like react to it all, man. I'm, I'm enjoying it, to be honest. I, I kind of like talking about new things. Oh, man, especially like because uh, I'm way more on Twitter than I was before. It's mostly because I only have a phone in my hand to keep me occupied. Right. Um, and I get to talk about things on Twitter now. It used to be right. just like having to defend Bryce, but now, now I get to talk about new things yeah. uh, moving forward. Um, so before we get started, I, uh, since I'm a millennial and I need a participation trophy and I never get to be right about anything. Yeah. I was right uh, about right. this whole canalis uh, situation. Um, I <laughs> I just need to take like five seconds for me. Wasn't the uh, was there something that you can make it? Um, you can make Streamyard or Apple do something if you. Oh yeah, it was a thumbs up, up, right? Didn't you do a thumbs up before? And it like, gave you a thumbs up. Uh, hey! Hi, there you go. You're right, man. Oh man, awesome. Yeah, because I feel like I, I'm going to admit that I probably am just slightly above average with my football knowledge. And I say, say that you are, um, you know, probably nine out of 10 in your football knowledge. So you get to be right uh, a whole lot more than me. And I'm a millennial and I need a participation trophy. So yeah. I want to say you got, you got a, you got a green ribbon, man. It's not, it's not a gold medal <laughs> or anything like that, but you got a green ribbon and I'm happy for you, man. Yeah. Thanks man. I appreciate <laughs> no, really, that. That's a good call. It, 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 was, it was good perception on it. Um, I, I hate, and we're going to get into this. I hate some of the reasons that you were right. Not that you personally, but I hate what they meant about the franchise. And it made the optimism kind of like fly out for me. But we'll get into that. But yeah, let's, not, let's not get on to the bad stuff. Not, first, we're, right? we're excited. Like we just we, hired Dave Canales. So what's your feeling on him? Um, I'm My feeling on it is that. So here's what I. I, it's like uh, quarterbacks, right? You know how analytics say that every year you should take a quarterback, no matter if you have your quarterback right. of the future, because quarterback is the most important position, and right. you just take you just take your shot over and over and over again, and you might hit, and if you hit, that it changes your entire franchise. That's sort of how I feel about Canales. Is you when you take these young coaches that could be McVay. Because if you get the McVeigh or the Shanahan or whatever, you've changed your franchise forever. Yeah. When you could take the safe route and get a Vrabel, you could get a Belichick, you could get somebody that, you know, you'll be fine and yeah. you might be able to get to that level, but you could have had the McVeigh. So it kind of feels like that. It feels like the, the, the quarterback. It's The analytics would say, do the unproven guy, because... It could be McVay. Could be a um, so, right? Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about the situation. Sure. On the on the actual like, is he my favorite uh, uh, person that I would have put in the job? Probably not. Um, but like I said, I'm like slightly above average about my uh, football knowledge. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm more the numbers guy. I'm more like I'd rather take the younger, unproven guy. Because analytics say that that's what you should yeah. do, um, yeah. but uh, as far as my football knowledge, it's fine. Like I'm, not, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm okay with it. But yeah. it's not what I would have done. What about you? Yeah. You probably you know football. Well, that's better that, than that's me. Kind of, that's, <laughs> kind of the, that's kind of part of of the evaluation process, though, right? Because if you look at it strictly from like the black and white numbers of it, right? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense finished according to PFF. I think they were like the 17th ranked overall offense. So they're right in the middle of the pack. They had the worst rushing offense from a production standpoint. They were 32nd in the league in rushing. Um, that's a concern. But also it, it doesn't tell the entire story about what Dave Canales had at his disposal and, and what his scheme was and his approach. And it also comes into what did they do at the beginning of the year and how did they find their rhythm and kind of change up what they were doing offensively, right? Because Rashad White, he got hot. Towards the end, he started finding his footing mm -hmm. and, and, and accumulating more yardage. So I think that they started running the ball a little bit more. Um, my overall feel about Dave Canales is that I don't think that there is any reason to be anything other than optimistic about him. There is not enough um, pause to say we made a mistake hiring Dave Canales. 
I think that that would be an unfair statement to call the hiring of Dan of Dave Canales a mistake. Um, what you said is he my number one preferred choice. If all things are equal and we are operating inside of a vacuum, no, he's not. Ben Johnson would have been my number one overall choice. But there's a really interesting thing to talk about with that. Because you talk about the analytics showing to take a young, unproven coordinator, right, in a first-time head coaching job. That's what Ben Johnson would have been. It's what Bobby Slowick would have been. It's what Sean McVay was. It's what Mike McDaniels was. Mike McDaniels had one interview in his hiring cycle. It was for the Dolphins. We had one hiring cycle or one interview for Dave Canales, and it was us, and we took him. There is a chance that we took him out of fear that we would miss on the big guys if we waited. And that if we didn't hire Canales, maybe we miss out on some of the coordinators that he might want to be bringing in, right? So there, there's a lot of nuance to the timing of it. But strictly from a football standpoint, Dave Canales has gotten the best out of Russell Wilson, Geno Smith, and now Baker Mayfield. Russell Wilson coming out of college was nowhere nearly as highly touted and, and talented as Bryce Young coming out of college. Geno Smith, I would say the same thing. Baker Mayfield was a number one overall pick like Bryce Young. And they have some similarities when it comes to how people view their raw talent. And, and are they a exceptional quarterback prospect or do they have the intangibles that make them a number one overall pick? I think that that has to give some of us Panthers fans some enthusiasm about Dave Canales. Because what we talked about towards the latter portion of last season was gauging the success of the football season on the development and progress of Bryce Young. That's what I think we're going to look at again this year. And so it's like a good and a bad thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's great because I anticipate there being actual progression and development under Canales. It sucks because we're in year two and we're approaching it the same way that we had to approach it in year one already. So it's going to feel like a, a little bit of repetitive when you hear people saying, I'm just focused on Bryce. I want to see Bryce get better. But that has to be the overall thing, right? Like mm. we've invested so much into Bryce Young before we invested in Bryce Young's team. That was our mistake. It's now time to correct that mistake. We, we continuously keep putting ourselves in these pressure creating situations. <laughs> like we don't have to be here. The mistakes and decisions that we made along the way have put us here. That's a lot on Dave Canales plate for a first time head coach who will also be calling the plays according to his um, announcement article from Darren Gant on the Panthers website. Um, but real quick, let's get into some of the football aspects of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Can, can let me uh, let me do one. Uh, I, I'm going to make a really bad analogy because I can't think of it right now. It just came to me. You know, in the what Canales feels like. You know, in movies where um, you're the number two, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And it's uh, actually I just thought of one. Uh, Talladega Nights. I'm sure everybody's seen Talladega Nights. And you have yep. Ricky Bobby, and you have um, uh, the other guy. I can't remember his uh, his his name, but he's like Cal uh, yeah, yeah. He's like, Ricky Bobby keeps winning, and uh, uh, Cal is like, uh, maybe you could let me win one. And he's like, yeah, but if you win, then I'm not winning. Yeah. It kind of feels like that's what Canales was with Pete Carroll. And and he was like, well, are you, when are you going to make me OC? Like, I keep on doing all this stuff. I've stayed with you this entire time, and mm -hmm. you haven't made me OC. Like, what's going on? And he finally was like, all right, screw it. I got to go somewhere else. I'm going yeah. to uh, the Bucks." And then he kind of just became his person, and that confidence just is like, yeah. Yeah, I'm, and it's not like Sloak. Sloak went with a guy he already knew to the Texans. Um, he, Canales, <laughs> I'm going to a completely different situation, yeah. and I'm going to thrive. And then I'm just, gonna, and then he kind of blossomed. Yeah, I, I like that. Remember, I told you it, it, you kind of need to get out of your like I'm the same company forever and ever and ever yeah. do the same stuff. And he he left. He went to Tampa Bay. And you're just like, wow, he can do it there too. So I do like that in him. Um, yeah. I just want to make that a quick intangible thing that I like about him. Uh, but like, yeah, let's go to more of the uh, ins and outs of everything. I'm gonna let you keep going. I interrupted you for what you were about to no, say. I like that though. I like the point that you made there getting out of your comfortability to bet on yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Take a chance on yourself and see if you have, and see if you can convince others of what you have convinced yourself of. Right. Yeah. 
that's what he did. And that's kind of what he's been revered for for his coaching style, too, is that he's a really nice dude. Um, and, and his players believe in him, but he also instills confidence into his players to believe in themselves. That's a really big bonus for me with this roster, especially Bryce Young and maybe even a player like Ike McQuanu. Um, and, and, and honestly, Jonathan Mingo, you talk about Dave Canales' work as a wide receiver coach. He was a wide receiver coach for nine years, I think, in Seattle. Yeah. He was with Seattle for 14, and he was a wide receivers coach for nine of them. And they've had some pretty uh, adequate, at, at worst, wide receiver play, and, they, and they've gotten the most out of the players that they've had in those rooms. So I like that. He probably comes in as a bonus, the best wide receiver coach or wide receiver mind that we've had on staff since Ricky Prohl. And that has to make you feel pretty good because Ricky Prohl was a fan favorite, and I think that everyone knows how good of a coach he was. Um but looking at it from a uh, schematic standpoint, right? Because I think that some of the conversation revolved around his lack of using or utilization of shifts and motions pre-snap. That's a really hot button topic. And, and it's for good reason, because that has shown to be a integral component of some of the most wildly successful offenses in the league. And, and it's definitely involved in that Shanahan tree that we were looking at with Slowick. We know that Ben Johnson is very um, proficient with his shifts and motions. So looking at it from a raw data standpoint, right? And these numbers are from uh, Matthew Barry's fantasylife.com, which uses PFF's charting. Um, the Panthers ran shifts and motions, pre-shift shifts and motions on 40% of their snaps for the season. Tampa Bay and Dave Canales ran it 50% of the time. The Houston Texans offense ran it 59%. And the Lions offense, 70%. Either way you shake that, we're getting a significant upgrade moving into Dave Canales. What I'll say about Canales as well is that he it's been reported that he dialed back on the usage of shifts and motions because that's what Baker Mayfield was more comfortable with. So if you look at the first three weeks, they averaged 57% shifts and motions. From weeks four through 20, because remember, they made the postseason. Weeks 4 through 20, they only averaged 49% of the snaps. They were using shifts and motions. And that's with the final three weeks, dude. They were over 60% each of those weeks. So that number rose on those last three weeks as well. Um, the crazy thing about that, too, is that I think the shifts and motions are going to help Bryce Young more than they probably did with Baker. I think that he's more suited for that. And so I don't anticipate us being low on, on that uh, percentage tree. I would guess that Canales would love to be closer to that 60% range, somewhere in that ballpark. So I'm not overly concerned about that, but it's worth monitoring, I think. Mm -hmm. A rushing attack, I think, is going to be something that we got to keep an eye on, though, man. I know everyone's going to focus on Bryce Young and how Dave Canales can improve and elevate his play specifically. But ranking 32nd in the league is, is troublesome. But outside of that, you look at the scheme that they use, the zone blocking. They're a wide zone blocking concept run game. That's not ultra conducive to the personnel we have on this team right now. And that's troublesome. We saw Bradley Bozeman struggle mightily with moving laterally. And that's the principal element of a wide zone concept is moving laterally and creating gaps for your running back to identify one cut first through that's that's the overall concept of that scheme right austin corbett is coming off of back-to-back -back significant leg injuries that can't just be glossed over and then you look at ikamakwanu another like main part of that zone concept of, of, a, of a zone blocking scheme for offensive linemen is pretty um consistent fundamental footwork and communication Icky struggled in that regard a lot, I think. I think that our entire offensive line unit struggled with the communication for sure. But Icky seemed to get tricked up often. Um, I, I don't even know that you can say that the solution is to simply move Icky inside. It can happen. I, I would like to explore it. If, if he doesn't show the ability at that left tackle position in, in camp or whatever it is, I absolutely think you explore every avenue. There is mm. no pride anymore. There is no worry about where we drafted. You got to upgrade this roster at every position. Um, Chandler Zavala, again, fourth round pick last year, struggled in space. Looked like he was really struggling with his movement. 
I don't know that that's going to work out with his own scheme. So I think you're looking at having to bring in a couple interior offensive linemen and possibly even a left tackle, whether that's the free agency or the draft. I think you have to update that. Um, but outside of that, man, honestly, if you look at what they do, they run play action a lot in Tampa. Um, they ran play action on 24% of the time. That's right in line with what Houston and Detroit did. Houston was 25. Detroit was 28. Carolina executed on 16% of the snaps. So, I mean, we're at the bottom of all these things, of all these metrics that successful offensive schemes were running this past season. I think you have to feel at least a little bit happy about the idea that Canales can come in, implement some things that will help Bryce Young. Quick pass game, he helped Baker identify blitzes and get the throw out quicker against blitzes. He had his best year under pressure throwing the football. That's something that I think we want from Bryce Young, too. So looking at all those things, man, I, I, I like Dave. And he said to have all juice. He said he's mm-hmm. all juice. Energy. That's good. I'm not looking for like the anti-Frank Reich necessarily. I think that's a risky way to go about it. To just want to do something opposite of what you did last time. That That's a little counterintuitive. But yeah. if you can do something that's different than what you did last time, that is also the right way of doing it. Yeah. I got no problem with that, man. That works out yeah. for me. Yeah, um, Brian Jensen didn't he retire kind of late? I think he kind of screwed the Bucks a little bit, uh, yeah, yeah. and I, I and I think that hurt them uh, in the interior offensive line um, mm-hmm. because you're losing a he's a Pro Bowler, but he is a uh, might have been All Pro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's <laughs> that's a big loss when you <laughs> when you don't think that you you think you're going to have an All Pro at center, mm-hmm. and then he just retires on you. Um, uh, yep. So I think that might have had something to do with it. They lost uh, Smith to um, to uh, the Chiefs, so they they had a lot of new. Uh, personnel on their offensive line, so I think that might have done. And they moved Tristan Wirfs over from right tackle to left tackle too. They had to, they had, like, <laughs> like they don't they didn't have an, a choice. Uh, so I, I kind of understand that. Um, what I do think the with Canales coming in, I think they're going to go after. I think that's going to be the number one priority. I don't think it's going to be offensive line. I think it is going to be um, a. I don't want to say star, but someone at the X receiver. Because you, you look about at like it, a he, T Higgins or a Mike Evans type of the, bring in. I yeah, he had DK. Yeah, he had DK. He had yep. um uh he had uh, uh Mike Evans. Correct, yes, Alex. Um, and I also think that the, the lack of shifts um, had to do with personnel. Mike Evans ain't <laughs> he ain't running around the, that offense. What I do like about what they utilize is they did incorporate a lot of speed as far as um the rookie Thompson uh, Tompkins. Uh, uh, Palmer, um, they, Palmer they, yeah. yeah, yeah, and you got to think that they lost Russell Gage for the entire year as well. So, yeah. um, I think that he had to adapt a lot, which is mm-hmm. kind of cool. That's um, you can adapt. Great. That's, yeah. that's what we've been talking about with a lot of the other uh, candidates that we like so much, right? Is their adaptability? Yeah. So I, I do like that too. Yeah. Uh, so you, th- I mean, you th- I saw Palmer run wide open a bunch of times in that in yeah. that scheme. So I uh, I like that he spreads the ball around. I like that he commits to the run. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't, I, whatever. <laughs> well, I don't they, also, they also, they also ran at a, uh, a better pace. If you look at like mm. uh, a pace archetype it, and the pace archetype is just comparing the number of plays run to the expected number of plays. So you don't just look at it strictly from the number of plays run because that doesn't account for any kind of situational aspect or anything like that. Right. Um, but there was only four instances of, or there was four instances of them charting at a fast pace. And a fast pace is, you know, uh, over that expected amount of plays. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the rest were resulting in neutral. There was only one slow play or one slow game that they were charted at. Carolina, on the other hand, had six games that they were charted at a slow pace. Only one fast and the rest neutral. So it will be a switch in that momentum and that pacing, which Which I also think benefits very much getting Bryce Young into rhythm and creating people getting open in space and having taking advantages of situations where, again, that's, I think, where he reincorporates that shifts in the motions into the offense when you're playing with that pace. The one last thing that I'll point out that's really interesting, too, um, you know the two worst games from a passing performance as far as graded by PFF for Tampa Bay this season? Those are the Carolina Panthers? Against Carolina Panthers. <laughs> Both games against the Carolina Panthers were their lowest graded passing performances this year. He won't have to deal with that next year right like Unless going forward, he will not have to run into that buzzsaw that is the carolina panthers defense and i and i like that man mm-hmm. dave canales seems like a really good dude yeah. everything that you've heard about him you can't find a former player or a former coach that gives you anything negative there is yeah. no 
connotations about him like Mike Vrabel, right? There is no, is he washed up like Bill Belichick? He is a young dude full of juice and is a personable guy that, that operates from a, a place of positivity and reinforcement. Mm. I like that, and I think that it meshes well with the personalities that we have in this team. I hope that that also comes with accountability. That would be the one thing that I would point to there and say, I don't want it to be so nice and friendly that you're worried about hurting your friend's feelings. Mm. And you need to tell your employee what they're not doing well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that we kind of hit that. I think that Panthers nation and uh, Panthers, at least Panthers Twitter that I'm on is uh, squarely behind the hire. So we'll see. Um, yep. You want to talk about, uh, of course, uh, the ego of, uh, uh, David Tepper, <laughs> man, can I, for a second, can I preface it by saying this has no impact on the hiring of canals. I don't mean anything <laughs> bad about this dude. And I'm, and I'm not some fool that doesn't understand that there are other teams that, that use this practice or that use this structuring. I understand that man, Dave Tepper in the announcement that we agreed to terms with Dave Canales slid in there that uh as with morgan dave canales will be reporting directly to david tepper and i i immediately read that and i was like man what is your problem dude like why so is good. that why is that in this release though I, i'm not even He's getting so good about, lately we haven't heard anything from him has he i mean i don't know man now he opened pandora's box again for me honestly <laughs> that statement almost caused a whole dude it almost created like a whole argument for me man like with myself and then I was sitting there, you know, I'm doing dry January, so I haven't had a drink all month. And it's, it's yeah, yeah, same, same. Yeah, totally. Look at you. Um, playoff football, it's like old beers or anything like that. We've been going through all this crazy shit with the Panthers. No kind of like nice little whiskey cocktail at the end of the night to forget about it. Nothing like that. I read that sentence last night, man, and there was a part of me that was like, I'm about to go back to the bedroom where my wife was already asleep because I'm sitting there and I'm reading this thing over and over. I was like, I'm about to go back there and just wake her up. And be like, hey, this is bullshit. Why am I doing this dry January? Why'd you this thing? <laughs> Dave Tepper almost started a fight with me and my wife over something that she didn't have anything to do with. I don't Ugh. understand why he had to include that in the press release announcing Dave Canales as a hire. This is Dave Canales' first head coaching job. It is probably a, man, I'm very happy to have reached this crescendo. Like, I have worked my ass off to get to this point. You saw the statements that the Chargers released about Jim Harbaugh. It's, I mean, it's the most beautiful, poetically worded, glowing thing I've ever heard anyone talk about a coach, a football coach before. And Harbaugh's a great coach. I mean, I get it. But then the Titans did a very similar thing with Brian Callahan. They talked about all of the reasons why they hired him and about why he earned his opportunity. They didn't talk about who he was reporting to. He might be reporting to the owner there in Tennessee, too. It's very possible. Then people are like, well, Atlanta said that Raheem Morris is going to report to Arthur Blank. Arthur Blank didn't just go down and tell Arthur Smith that he needed to fix Desmond Ritter's footwork in one of their weekly meetings. Like, Dave Tepper called also, a former... Falcons aren't like the end-all, be-all of what an organization should be. So, no. I don't want to be like the it, Falcons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dave Tepper went in and told a former NFL quarterback that was coaching a current NFL quarterback that he needed to get him to fix his footwork. And he didn't say that because he figured that out. He figured it out because somebody else who does know football told him that. And he wanted to get the credit for it. Him inserting that line into that press release, I don't care, man, if I'm on an island on this. I don't care if I seem like I'm <laughs> overreacting. I don't care, dude. I honestly don't care. You you did this too, Alex. This is your fault too. You said when people talk, listen. And then uh, JJ Hardy for Panthers Culture told you know when I when I posted the thing, he was like, everything is intentional. When somebody says something like that and makes the emphasis of putting it out there, it wasn't in the Frank Wright announcement. It wasn't in the Matt Rule announcement. You want to go back to sportsology involvement when they hired John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. There was nothing alluding to that. And Jed York is a very active hands-on owner to a detriment. He admitted that he was overly hands-on during the entire Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh tenure, right, in there in San Francisco. And that's during a Super Bowl run. That's not when they were losing in miserable franchise. That was when they were winning. He admitted that he was still overstepping and doing things the wrong way. He made a concerted effort when he hired John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan to take a step back 
and become hands-off. There was no way in hell, even if he was talking to these guys weekly, he was going to go and blast that publicly when he hired them. That is the worst optical move you could make, in my opinion. There was no benefit to doing it. Maybe he was trying to get ahead of it so that when somebody asked him in a presser, there wasn't this immediate like backlash of like, oh my God, he's going to report to you. You got to back off, dude. Maybe he was trying to do that. It still doesn't make sense to me. I think it's the wrong move. Um, I think that when he sold everybody on, going to do some self-reflecting and figure out these mistakes that I've made, and we're going to fix those. We're going to bring in an outside consulting firm. They're going to help. They're going to really put football people in the right place. For crying out loud, dude, he created the president of football operations title to give to Dan Morgan. Dan Morgan is the president of football operations. And you're telling me that the head coach is not reporting directly to him, and then he's reporting to the owner? That the head coach is reporting directly to the owner. The funniest part about this, Alex, and you're on Twitter, so now you're knowing about this. There was like crowd control going on after that, right? You saw local <laughs> local reporters, you saw fans alike, every single person that could, for some reason, like came to the defense of it and were pointing out how it's common everywhere else. Our situation is our situation. It is not other people's situations. I don't care that the Philadelphia Eagles, who are a very well-run organization, also does that or, or uses that same structuring and practice. That doesn't move me. It doesn't affect anything about what David Tepper does. Um, Joe Person for The Athletic said, noting that he mentioned that he will directly report to Tepper, also keep in mind that he will be hiring another front office person, the cap guy, who will also serve somewhat as a buffer. So you're telling me that the guy who is not employed yet, we don't even know who it'll be, the guy who is not employed yet, will actually be the buffer between the football operations and the owner, as opposed to just having the president of football operations be the buffer. And you could have either put that in the announcement, or you could have just omitted everything. Nobody put a gun to this guy's head and said, hey, put in there that you're going to report directly to him. Like, There's nothing about that. You didn't have to do it, man. And, and it's it's frustrating to me because it kind of took away a little bit of my good faith that I have been trying to build inside my own head. Like, get out of your own way sometimes, Tep. You know what I mean? Yeah, and um, I'm going to tell a quick story. Uh, this is the biggest fear that Panthers fans should have is David Tepper. Because I've been around so many people like this, and they mm. always shoot themselves in the foot That's right. because they wanted to make everything they do because of them bingo and those people also want to be the ones that come up with the reasons why and they're not right. smart people they don't, they're not football people so i worked at a we had a bar uh, i don't know anybody that's gonna listen to this but they might laugh when i say this i worked at a bar called uh, brother jimmy's in uh, new york city literally right across the street from madison square garden you don't have to be a good bar to make money when you're right across the street from Madison right. Garden. Like it, it, you should not ever fail when you're right across the street from Madison Square Garden. That's right. Um, so I was bartending there, and we had this owner, uh, uh, Jimmy. Um, and Jimmy ended up opening another uh, brother Jimmy's down in uh, Puerto Rico or Costa Rica or somewhere down there, and left the city. Like mm -hmm. wasn't a part of any of the operations. So we are printing money. I was making so much money bartending as uh, a bartender at that Madison Court Garden location. And then a uh, hurricane happens down there. So I guess it was Puerto Rico or something. Uh, and it destroys whatever that bar was down there. And he comes back in. And we are so successful. Rolling, we, are, right. we are making tons of money. And then he comes in and starts incorporating his own little things that make right. no sense because right. he wants to be the reason why they make so much money. Um, and like a year later, that bar closes down. Right. That happens. And it's happened for my whole career. I had a yeah. boss previously where I, I'm working on like, like $500,000 million offers uh, that goes out to these people. I go through all these contract negotiations. I go through all this market data. I'm like, that's what I do. Like I'm, right. It is my job to do this, and I work. I do this for very, very high-level people. And so, I when I do this approval process, I have to go through whoever the approval approver is, CTO, yeah. whatever. But it also goes to my boss, right? And my boss always has something to say about that offer, even though I do 
all the due diligence behind it. Yeah. And sometimes ends up messing up that for the company. Mm-hmm. So people, there people like that. Right. Are always the one that bring it, bring it down. Correct. And that's what should scare Panthers fans more than anything. And it scares me, but that's, that's for another day for another conversation. But yeah, you, your, your instinct. Yeah. Honest, is absolutely correct. And that's the thing, though, man, is that I've tried to ignore instinct on some of these things. Like when we just had this last episode and we talked about the Dave Canales and about the timing of all this and how you felt icky about it and it didn't sit well with you because of your experiences. And I tried really hard to say, yeah, but there could be another fold to that, right? There could be something else to it. And I'm not just going to take exactly what I'm being told and take it in the most literal sense. The other issue with this temper thing, man, and I'm not trying to harp on it or take away from my optimism about Canales because that's not where I'm at with this, dude. I'm, I'm very yeah. excited about the possibility of Canales leading this team. I think that it's a realistic thing that we could find success under Dave Canales with Bryce Yeah, But David Temper, this isn't the first time these kind of things have been an issue, right? I mean, you could even just look at some of the quotes from Frank Wright last season. What did he say? He said back in October, uh, the quote was, some owners stay away and don't engage. Other owners do. And his philosophy is he's going to engage. And he's talking about his weekly meetings that he has with them. And he's like, those meetings aren't fun, but we're losing. So they shouldn't be fun. But then he says, but those meetings make me better. And I trust they make us better. Well, guess what? You trusted the wrong thing. Those meetings <laughs> didn't make you better. You got fired because of those meetings. And the team went 2-15. and 15. I'm not saying just because of those meetings. But they damn sure didn't help make us better. You know what <laughs> I, I mean? love her gray hairs not, too. <laughs> yeah, man, it's just not it, dude. So I'm just having a hard time of being sold on like, hey, man, it's common. This is what it is. Yes, that's my problem. David Tepper wants to sell us on change, and he wants to sell us on an outside firm having their hand involved in restructuring and changing the organizational culture. What he did by making that known is he made it known that it is business as usual. Where Jed York and the 49ers found success with Sportsology's aid was by changing business, by doing things differently than how they had done it. Jed York literally stepped back. He said when they hired him, and I've got this quote pulled up because it's, I I love bringing this up because we love to bring up John Lynch to Dan Morgan, right? We love to do that comparison. And then we love to say, well, maybe Dave Canales could be our Kyle Shanahan, this young offensive mind. Maybe we're taking a a step on them a little bit early, but we get the jump and we can get these two to pair and have this aligned vision and lead us to success. I buy into that possibility. I buy into that. But it comes with the caveat of the owner has to step away. Jed York said, I trust them to make decisions on behalf of the organization. I've been in a situation where you look at every single draft pick and you evaluate each one individually. And I think I have taken a step back from trying to evaluate every single piece. When you're dealing with the job of being a head coach or a general manager for an NFL football team, that's a tough enough job already. Inherently, it is tough enough because of the responsibilities that you have bestowed upon you. The last thing you need is an owner interjecting, breathing down your neck, especially if that owner does not have the acumen of the positions that he is trying to interject into. That's David Tepper. And that is not overreacting. That is not reading between the lines. That is going off of actions. And man, call me old-fashioned. Actions speak louder than words. Yeah, yeah I mean, and you can't be successful. Like, I'm not going to say that it would definitely should be. Like, look at Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians did not like that Tom Brady was getting all that credit. They still won a Super Bowl. Yeah. So it's Jed York 49ers went to the Super Bowl with Jim Harbaugh. And he yeah. had made it to overstepping. If, if yeah. you have good talent and you have a good coach, you can make it work. It just isn't sustainable. Eventually, yeah. the levees will break and the entire village will be flooded. Yeah. But shit, man, let's try to get to high ground before that water comes pouring through and at least a couple of us will make it. You look at Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson, and like it's Jerry. Jerry wanted to make it about him. Championships that they won recently. Yeah, right. Jerry Jones wanted to make it about him. It's Mm -hmm. um. Anyway, we can move on uh, from that. Anything? uh, So you you want to talk about? We did. We did. We did talk about what Canales could do for Bryce a little bit. Do you want to go more in depth on that, or do you kind of think that it's kind of wait and see mode? It's total wait and see mode because I think it depends on personnel too. Yeah, Um, I agree. 
I don't think that we know, and a lot of people are looking for an instant reaction on like what kind of identity can he cultivate here in Carolina, and does he have an identity already in place? That's going to have to form organically once we have the pieces in place, in my opinion. And so I think there is so much work to be done with this roster, and, and we talked about this last episode. Dan Morgan's most crucial period of his new position is these first three to four months, 90 to 120 days. This is your moment to make a lasting impression quick and free agency. I think that there will be a um, onus on offensive linemen that hopefully you can get some positional versatility with those guys because we have depth issues and it would be great to have plug and play depth um, at, at our availability. And then I think the wide receiver, like you talked about earlier, T Higgins, Mike Evans, one of these big body dynamic receivers, I think that that's going to be necessary. He used, he had a high utilization of his uh, outside weapons, his perimeter wide receivers. I, one thing we didn't talk about though, he had Cade Otten looking like a pretty damn good tight end. <laughs> yeah, he did. And that has to bode well for a guy like Tommy Tremble, who clearly showed the physical capabilities this season. Mm. He just was underutilized in my opinion. Yeah. But going forward, I, I think that there's optimism about that aspect of the offense too, man. And yeah. I think that Chuba Hubbard fits decently in the in the I agree with that. Team. I and, agree and with that. Honestly, Miles Sanders has a chance to have a better year under Dave Canales. Correct. I really think that he could have a rebuild or a rebound, right? Yeah. I think that we would be smart to maybe find a running back in the later rounds of the NFL draft. I agree with that. Um, like a, a, a Ray Davis out of Kentucky. I really mm -hmm. like him. Marshawn Lloyd out of USC, I think is a dynamic um, pass catching, elusive running back. Mm -hmm. I think that he yeah. would make a really nice complimentary piece. Um, so I, I think that there are options that we could do here to upgrade this roster. But as far as talking about what specifically Canales will do with Bryce, I would hold off on that in just until we saw some more details around the the entire offensive picture. Yeah, I I, I um I see a lot of a lot of things that could be useful. I think that um, we probably get Chanel back because I think Chanel would be work really well with him. Uh, I I. Like, I mean, look at Chase. Chase Edmonds was left for dead. He wasn't. Mm -hmm. he, they wouldn't got him in Miami, and they're like, screw yep. off, man. Like, and yep. he, he was great his last, his last few games in um, in Tampa. So, skill. He can make a skill set work well for him. Yeah. Um, and I, I truly believe that. So, well, yeah, you're right. We have to wait for uh, uh, personnel. So, um, you want to go on into to the rest of the hires and how we feel about the whole hiring sure. process. Um, I, 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 I don't want to harp on this because. I think what happened last year, people saw the Arizona Cardinals and said, yikes, I never want that to be me. That was embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Like they had three, they had uh, the DC, um, I, can, I can never say his name correctly. So the DC for uh, the Bengals said, I'm, I'm not taking it. Uh, they had Mike Kafka not taking it. Brian Flores, be like, yeah, right. <laughs> And they I didn't know what you were talking about at first. So I was like, what the hell is he trying to say? Yeah. You're talking about the Bengals. Uh, 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 I don't, I, I can never say his name correctly. Uh, but and they, and they, then poor Jonathan Gannon was just like, I mean, I, I, these don't come around very often. So I'll, I guess I'll take it uh, yeah. kind of thing. And it was laughing stock of the league kind of uh, mm -hmm. stuff. So it felt like every single one of these, um, uh, owners <laughs> wanted to get ahead of that, and it right. literally we, all fell in place. And no, there's like one team interviewing uh, Ben Johnson because everybody in the league knows that he's going to uh, the Commanders. And it felt like Canales. We had the first interview with Johnson, and we were kind of like, "You sure? Are you are you absolutely sure?" And he's kind of right. like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm not." He's like, "All right, then we already have everything else in place." It was very. <laughs> A lot of stuff happened pretty quickly <laughs> once, uh, right. once, uh, once that happened. And it makes me feel so bad for the Rooney rule because it feels like it's taking away from the, um, the reason why it exists, except, and I think that these coaches take these interviews for these reasons, uh -huh. the Raheem Morris thing happened. Bill Belichick was locked in, but things fall apart. You make a good impression. And that's the more reason that the person you put a more impressive person in that room right. and they're going to stand out. And Raheem Morris is a very impressive person. And that's exactly what I said to you last podcast. I was like 5% of the time 
so you get you get one over. You already have it figured out. There's just a, somebody wins you over, and I think that's why the Rooney Rule exists because it gives right. you that small opportunity. Um, but anyways, you understand everything was pre-planned. Flaro was pre-planned. Um, uh, ben Johnson, um, Canales. So it kind of yeah. takes. It kind of feels like NBA free agency, honestly, where it's just like we're just going through there. Well, you know, you brought up a good point too, though, about like the the Arizona thing where um, Gannon was like, "Yeah, no, I'll take it. Like, I want that." It's it's kind of similar with Canales in, and I've seen somebody else say this. I can't remember where I saw a similar sentiment. Um, but you want the coach that wants to take the job, not yes. the coach that takes the job because he's getting paid money, right? Like, think about it. If like that's what I said, uh, <laughs> I want to. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah it might have been you last year too. Yeah, right. right. I don't, don't want anybody shying away from a from a. That's right. From, well, like, what are you going to have a better time on, right? Think about this, like, from a different, like, just a metaphorical standpoint to make it easier to, like, grasp or concept and think of. If somebody was going to take your, your daughter to prom, right, and you want them to have a really good time, do you want the guy who actually likes your daughter and wants to take her and wants to have a really fun time at, at, at a dance, like a big moment of your daughter's life? Or do you want somebody that you could pay to take him that might be more popular and looks really cool to be, uh, you know, holding his arm out and having her walk in with him? Maybe it's more popular choice. But if he doesn't have any interest on making it a good night for her, right, an enjoyable memory for her, then in the long run, did you really do any benefit to her? No, you yeah. didn't. Just you care about, you ended up trying to buy happiness instead yeah. of cultivating and creating it. I think the analysis approaches this situation with intent and desire to be here. And he's, that's going to shine through. Like that yeah. is going to come through in the way that he coaches the team. And I think it's a really good point that you brought up, man. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta get away from, well, nobody else even interviewed him. Well, nobody else is even interviewing Ben Johnson either. So let's like, <laughs> let's, pump well, ben, got, ben got a bunch of, Ben got a bunch of virtual interviews. Like he got, yeah. he got like, what five or six? I think virtual interviews on the first yeah no no round, right? yeah first first round interviews correct um uh and I think it was all people knowing that he wants the commanders and just doing a last pitch uh to him and him yep. just being like nah so I think I think everyone kind of knew where everybody was going I mean nobody else interviewed Bill Belichick I think uh, Falcons were the only other people that were trying to woo Harbaugh over uh, so it it's Callahan got in a second interview with us but like. I think that was more to show that we were <laughs> we were actually put. I think they knew the Titans were going to offer Callahan, and uh, we're going to have to interview him anyways. And see, so. that's my problem with this whole situation now, man. Is that where I would have liked to have looked at that very objectively and been like, "No, I think we had real interest in all of these things." That soured for me, and and it, yeah. again, it doesn't have anything to do with the go forward um, for this football team, but it really did sour the process for me, man. Like I tried really, really hard to talk myself into trusting and believing and doing things a different manner because I'm giving not the benefit of the doubt, man. We talked about this. I wasn't going to be blind about it and and be a fool and just say, no, no, man, I have no reason not to trust Tepper. I got plenty of reasons <laughs> not to trust him, but I'm going to like try to look at it from a different perspective in a, in a open slate for this season. And, and he couldn't get through a couple of moves, man without reminding me that he wasn't trustworthy. And that, no. that sucks because it soured that process. But these other coaches, man, you're seeing a lot of these high-end coordinators that we were really excited about. There's a chance now. Let's say Ben Johnson goes to Washington, right? And Seattle is the last <laughs> remaining job opening. Yeah. Right? That's the last job opening. I think they're the ones that are actually doing it the the right way. Yeah, right. I think they're the actual people with a soul in this process. Dude, what happens if Washington does become enamored with Bobby Slowick, right? Like last minute, let's say he has another interview or something and he becomes, they become enamored with him. They're like, you know what? I'm going for it. Let's take Slowick. Let's, let's do this thing. Then Seattle, by being patient and going through the process in the correct manner, they are going to have the at least opportunity to reach out to Ben and say, hey, I know that didn't work out the way you wanted to. We got a good thing cooking over here, man. We got a lot of pieces. We got cap room. We're a competitive football team. We've got a good front office. Would you be interested with us? And if he's not, oh, no, I guess we're going to have to reach back out to Mike McDonald. Hey, Mike, how are you doing? You feel like you want to come over here and, and take advantage of some of these defensive pieces that we have going? Mm -hmm. Or if all else fails, and this is what I kind of thought the Carolina Panthers were doing, smart because <laughs> I'm an idiot, <laughs> or if all else fails, they still have their shoe-in backup plan that nobody else cares about in Dan Quinn. 
somebody that they would be perfectly acceptable to hire, they still got him on the back burner. And that's mm-hmm. if they don't even want to explore Mike Vrabel. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the whole point, man. They kept all their options open, and they played their hand pretty well, in my opinion. And yeah. they're going to have an opportunity to seize the opportunities when it shows up. I don't know if they will, but they have the chance. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's, I don't know why this just popped in my head. Also, one more point about this. Uh, if you don't believe anything we're saying, think how wildly efficient they were in their second round interviews. Uh-huh. One internal candidate <laughs> and two that, that hit the Rooney rule. Like, that, how wildly efficient is that to play by the Mike rules? Vrabel, Mike Vrabel went and interviewed at David Tepper's house. And I imagine it going like this. He walked yeah. in and he goes, oh, wow, nice foyer. Good to meet you. I'll see you later. And then walked yeah. in. It yeah. was that quickly that they had an announcement and all these sources were already saying, Dave Canales, he's, he's going to be hired. And, and it came out later that Joe Person, actually, I think is the one that reported this, that that interview, <laughs> let's call it interview, that Dan interview was a leverage play for the Falcons. And it was a optic play for the Panthers to say, no, we brought in one of those veteran coaches that everyone likes, a culture builder. We brought in one of those. It scratched each other's backs. It helped Vrabel out. It, it gave a little bit of an optic boost for Dave Tepp in his sham of a search, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I hate that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I really thought that we were doing some legitimate stuff, man. But regardless, yeah. I don't think that we ended up with a bad head yes. Yeah, this doesn't take away anything from Cal. We already, we already I said all the things we liked about Cal. If we had waited and done exactly what we just talked about, where we got to speak to Ben Johnson again, or we got to speak mm-hmm. to Mike McDonald, if we had waited and gone through that process, and they said, you know what, I'm going to be completely honest here, I feel better with Dave Canales. I have a better gut feeling, and I like his approach, I like his philosophy, and I like his makeup, I like his fabric. We're going to hire him over them despite talking to them again. I wouldn't have had a problem with it, man. I would have supported that 100%. Honestly, I would mm. I I do think, though, that if we did it that way, he has more interviews than than he – I think there's a reason he didn't have interviews. There's no way some of these candidates are getting <laughs> are getting interviewed and not uh, Dave. Now, I, I – it doesn't matter. It's all speculation, but that that's my two cents. But you, but going back to the Seahawks, you know, the Seahawks kind of look like um like it's a field trip to the arcade, and like all the kids are like pushing each other in line because uh, they see the like pinball machines. Yeah, and then like there's like a pinball machine in the back that's like you know Marvel superheroes one that is like the best yeah. pinball machine, and he's kind of like walking by and seeing like all these other kids pushing each other trying to get make sure they get a pinball machine, and then he's like. All right, well, I'm going to just go to this open pinball machine in the back and play uh, without pushing, having to push anyone in line. So uh, that's kind of what it feels like to be. It feels just like the adult in the room, honestly. Yeah. Um, um, so good for you, Seattle. I, I, I'm, I'd be, I'd be happy to be a fan of, of, of you. Yeah. Oh, for sure. um, could you imagine just having a coach for that long? It'd be great too. Um, and then just be like, hey, eh, fingers crossed. Look, we just, we just gave Dave Canales a six year contract. You know what I mean? One yeah. shy of the Matt rule fiasco. Yeah, that yeah. Did last time. But, and I don't have a problem with that though. Um, again, yeah, it, it didn't wanted, affect the cap. You just spend no, money, spend no, money. I don't care. And, and again, if you want to try to look back at how sportsology handled the thing, guess how long they gave Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch on their initial contracts. Hmm. Six years. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna freak out about that. The same way that everyone told me not to freak out about the statement about uh, he's gonna report to Tepper. Don't freak out about the contract. Like, hey, if nothing bothers you, then don't let anything bother you. We're all good here, man. Panthers fans, something's gonna bother us. We gotta find something that bothers us. We can't just be. What, what is it? Jim Harbaugh said. Maybe we should start saying that about Tepper. Hey, who's got it better than us? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody. I mean, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I thought it was fun. Uh, it's um, it's a kind of wait and see. Uh, now we get to go into. The draft and uh, free yeah. agency, and um, I'm I'm excited to I'm excited that he also is he. It sounds like he's going to be interacting with fans a lot. Mm-hmm. It, it it seems like he's going to be very uh, Mike McDonald e, uh, uh, Mike uh, McDaniel's Mike McDaniel's yeah yeah. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited to have some fun. Um, if, if only it's for the off season. Um, you I'm bring up one more. Fun. You bring up one last important piece too when you talk about the draft. The timing of this hire 
we now have our coach and our GM in place before the senior bowl, before some of these uh, right. uh, exhibitions for college players, that will be a in-depth in-person look for an aligned. You talk about alignment. You're going to be able to have your scouts. You're going to be able to have the directive of the general manager and the head coach having already had these conversations and, and, and exploring and laying out their vision and their plan. That is all going to be included in these trips by the scouting going over and watching these players perform. So that is also a definite bonus to the timing of, of this hire. Well, 1000% hey, man, like this is not that bad of a situation. I don't want no. it to come across that way. No. Dave Canales dude has an ability. My only, my only hesitation with Dave Canales is that I feel very similar about how I feel about Bryce young right now. They both, in my opinion, have every amount of talent and fortitude and character to succeed at a high level in the NFL. I hope that they're both not in a position in a situation where they're not afforded that real chance. That is all I am concerned about with those two. Anything that happens above them, it would make their job more difficult and, and a detriment to them building and developing that could ruin all of the actual um, reasons that they should succeed. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to sum up the whole episode, uh, we spent 50 minutes on it, but it could just come down to, you know, five seconds. Uh, Bryce Young, thumbs up. Canales, thumbs up. Tepper, thumbs down. Uh, sums it all up. Uh, <laughs> if I can get the little. How did you do the last time? I don't know, man. I don't know. Hey, hey, all right. There All right. Go. I want to remind everybody, this is the last time that you might hear this in this uh, podcast. Alex was right. Um, okay. Right. Yep. Uh, dude, I need to get like a, yeah, I need to get like a medal. I got some medals in there. I, can wear I was actually today, surprised that I didn't see a framed picture behind you that just said <laughs> I was right. <laughs> like a certificate. Um, yeah, uh, in, in your baby's nursery. <laughs> Dad is like, always right. <laughs> I love that I like tried to gloat about it on Twitter and everybody's like, uh, go away, man. <laughs> Like, dang it. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Um, so, yeah, we got life to do. I got my yeah. wife is holding my baby and probably needs me to be a dad. So, uh, I'm going to go do that. You got to go be a dad as well. And uh, I think we'll we do with the first real optimistic, I'm yeah. excited into the show in a long time. Keep pounding. Yeah, let's go, Dave Canales. Keep pounding. <laughs>